Welcome to the Communicast, a somewhat monthly podcast talking to the people behind some of your favorite games and pulling back the curtain of the game industry. If you'd like to hear more from this series or other series that we produce, head on over to wearethehorizon.com or follow us on facebook.com slash wearethehorizoncommunity. I'm Owen Patterline, and I'm here with Sky Larson. Sky is a developer with Burgle Bros 2 and part of a two-man team making Alcanar. Sky, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Uh, Sky, tell us a little bit about Alcanar and like what it plays like. Yeah, Alcanar is a tactics RPG. So um, uh, if you've played Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, Tactics Ogre, uh, Fire Emblem, um, or XCOM, uh, that style of game where you are controlling you know, multiple units in a, in a tactical squad and a little army, and you're moving them around the board in a turn-based format to, uh, to have a tactical battle. And then all that combined with, you know, an RPG trying to tell, you know, a grand story. And, and that's what we're working on with Alkanar. What was your uh, inspiration for the game? Like, what, came, what made you say, like, let me make this? Well, um, <laughs> Alkanar has been in development for a long time. Um, it's been kind of a, a slow process since we both have other projects, other jobs. Um, so kind of just working on it piece by piece. So, you know, four or five years ago, when we wanted to make a game, we thought, why, why has there not been another game like Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, Tactics Ogre? Um, you know, there's been other tactics games like XCOM, but nothing really capturing that same feel as Final Fantasy Tactics. Now, that being said, <laughs> since we started working on it, um, you know, some some other uh, games have, have tried to step up and fill that space. Um, and there's several that are in development um, that I know about that are also trying to capture that same feeling um, of a just a game that was really popular and really, um, I don't know, just left a big impact on a lot of people, including uh, my um, game partner and I. Uh, so... Uh, we just wanted to create something that had that same feel, that same magic. Uh, what are some of the uh, benefits of working on such a small team? Because like you said, it's just you and your partner. Uh, obviously, some of the difficulties would be, you know, that it's just the two of you. Uh, <laughs> so, and obviously, you know, you're, you're doing other jobs there. So it does take time to develop it. But what are some of the benefits of not having, you know, like a, a 30 plus team, you know? Yeah, um... That's a great question. Uh, it does allow, you know, a lot of uh, creative control. Um, and uh, we, the two of us both usually work through most decisions. Um, uh, most art decisions kind of rest on him. Um, and most story and gameplay decisions rest on me. Uh, but we can be very collaborative since it's just the two of us. And, and we can get a lot of, of what we want into the game um and the more people you add to a project you just by nature you you know you're forced to be more more collaborative and more um you end up with maybe a more smoothed out product in some ways and this really allows us to do exactly what we want um and that's been really fun um it's also been really fun to learn several different aspects of development. Uh, I was 
maybe had an artistic eye, but never would have considered myself an artist until I had to start working on this project, making pixel art. And uh, it's it's been fun picking up those skills and and really contributing in in several different ways to the project. How does working on so many like different aspects of the game, uh, you know, affect your idea of developing the the gameplay of it? Like, you know, I I think my my question really is is you know because of the fact that you are a small team and working on so many different aspects, does that lead you to? Uh, be able to think about like the music and audio in a different way that you can you know utilize it better for your game than if it was just a like larger team and this person was solely just doing the audio that is being told to them. Uh, absolutely. Like um, I, there's like with anything, there's there's pros and cons to that. So you know the cons are just not having you know the knowledge or tools. Um, like I wish I was. Uh, I wish I were a Foley artist and could make like awesome sounds and, and things like that. Or I wish I were a composer. Um, so you, there are some drawbacks in that sense, but then you really do get to think holistically as you develop the game, like exactly, you know, oh, I want, you know, a, a music stinger at this point, you know, at the very beginning of the battle, and I want it to be about this long, and and that can that can definitely influence you know gameplay mechanical decisions and and with art you know we we might look at well we know this character we want them to do these types of abilities so you know what what artistic choices make sense so in a way it, it does allow us to be very like flexible very um mindful throughout the whole process of of the final product but you know you sacrifice some experience for sure because there's just no way two people can cover all those skills there there probably is i know there's some single developers out there who are amazing um uh the creator of uh stardew valley concerned ape for example but i was going to mention i think the guy that did uh undertale yes also that's, undertale he, that's um, that's the, the a lone wolf there absolutely so some some people are just amazing at everything but uh it it can be tricky to just cover all those skills well. Uh, is there any specifics that you've run into about like uh, when maybe your choice of art and art style affected gameplay or your gameplay affected the sound, you know, and kind of vice versa of how any of that then led you to doing a different decision uh, in any of the other aspects? Um, I mean, some of the first things that stood out were um, how programming and so i'm not the programmer um my uh, partner's a programmer and there were some examples early on he's he's a great programmer amazing that's what he does for his day job and but just because he had never made a game before you know we had to we made some gameplay mechanics rules decisions that um were just based off of what he felt would be easiest to program and and that sounded fair to me so like one example would be we're having a hard time you know in a in a in a tactics RPG you want abilities like say you know a poison or a burning ability that kind of you know do a a DOT damage over time mm-hmm. and we, and we're having a hard time making that work with the round system so you know eventually we decided 
well, why don't we just make, you know, why don't we put an emphasis on everything ends at the end of a round or at the end of the next round? And that created kind of a, a cascading effect where now the game really plays around that aspect. Like you're trying to jostle for position in the initiative order because, you know, if you want to do, you know, a damage over time ability, you want to be really early on in the initiative order um, or for certain abilities, while other abilities, it's actually best to try and get to the end because if something goes off at the end of the round and you're the last character, like, you know, your aim is going to be perfect. So it created kind of an interesting gameplay system on its own. And, but that was all just because, you know, we didn't want to be frustrated with the programming and we wanted to move forward and, and not spend too much time on that. How has uh, the, the coronavirus that has affected all of us affected uh, <laughs> you and your, your partner in development there? Uh, you know, not too much. Uh, we, we would get occasionally just together to really hash out things. Uh, but a lot of what we do is remote. And uh, so we haven't really missed a beat. Uh, um, one thing is just that my... Uh, my work partner did get married, um, so uh, yeah. So we we haven't had a lot of time since then, and and we need to get back on track. But you know, it's really more just life events and not not the coronavirus that has slowed things down. Slowed things down recently, and that that's another benefit of a small team. You know, it's a lot easier to collaborate with two people, I think, than you know having to like you know, manage a server and multiple people, you know, in the files. Um, we, we do have some version control and, and stuff like that, but that's a lot easier with two people than, than 20. You have worked on uh, the sequel to Burgle Bros here. Uh, tell me a bit about your position uh, with that. Yeah. Um, so actually, because uh, with Alkanar, uh, I had made a lot of the game design decisions. Um, it, I just spent, you know, a long time working on other aspects like the pixel art and things like that. And I was really missing game, uh, just game design, you know, nuts and bolts, designing rules for games. And so I decided to uh, start looking into board game design um, just to scratch that itch. And um, as part of that, I ended up um, working alongside uh, Tim Fowers, who is a, a veteran in the board game industry, um, has released several board games. Uh, you can find them on Fowers.games. Uh, and one of those is Burgle Bros. Anyways, I was working alongside uh, him, just designing my own stuff uh, and just kind of using that as kind of a creative resource. Uh, someone to go to to ask questions and, and all that. But as we worked together and, um, you know, I helped him with little things here and there. We did play tests with our games. He, uh, he asked if I wanted to take on more of a role with, um, uh, with helping him uh, with his projects. He kind of has a small little uh, team slash collaborative. Uh, and so I agreed. At the time, I thought it was going to be a little more uh, clerical, 
for back, lack of a better word, I, I thought maybe I'm just going to help him, you know, manage some things, manage play tests and emails. But uh, in the end, uh, I ended up doing a lot of development work for the game and, and it's been fun to, uh, to work on it and to kind of get a, a head start with someone who's, you know, really experienced with board games and get to work alongside them. Yeah, no, he's great. The several times that I've been able to talk to him at conventions, it is just a wealth of knowledge of game design and mechanics. And I, I definitely think it comes from just the numerous amount of games that that man puts out. Yeah, Uh, a lot of video games, too. So, yeah, no, he's he works on a lot of stuff. And when you see his repertoire, you understand exactly like that is the kind of person that just encapsulate a lot of the game industry uh you know it's it's not just video games it's not just board games it's just gaming in general and the design aspects behind it um you know he does know a lot and i definitely understand why you know when when offered a a position to work with someone like that in that stature uh you know you you go for it you see where (laughs) it leads um absolutely what has the development process on uh you know with him been like especially uh concerning burger bros 2 i would think that would be relatively easy because you're just taking a lot of the same mechanics and things from the first one and kind of porting it over into uh you know the casino flair that he's doing with the second uh but i also understand there is some more to that yeah um i mean in some ways it's definitely easier uh because you're starting out with you know, an initial design, a foundation, and and building from that. Um, and I was, I was kind of brought on after they had already built that that new foundation for Burgo Bros. Two. Um, but on the other hand, there there is a lot still to to work on. And I know some of Tim's goals for Burgo Bros. Two um, were to uh, just kind of clean up some of the aspects of Burgle Bros 1 that were maybe a little more confusing, a little hard to pick up, um, even though it was a very uh, popular and and well-liked game. Um, Just kind of smoothing out some of the rough edges. Uh, But along with that just came um, a lot of changes to how the game works. And and while it should definitely be recognizable to someone who played Burgle Bros, um, you know, someone who's who's playtested it a lot, um, I think it is. it definitely stands as its own game. Like, it's not simply an expansion or a reprint. Um, there's a lot of aspects that changed. Um, there's uh, the characters kind of stand out more, and instead of having one ability, now they have multiple, multiple single-use abilities called gear that kind of allow for these kind of big game-saving moments that feel really good and and yeah um so i'd say it's it's been fun to to be a part of that and um to really help smooth out um uh some of the balance um which is is part of what i do with development but also um you know i've done a lot of essentially design work um because even after the initial design, you know, there's a lot of you have to fill in additional content like, oh, we need we need a new gear because this gear isn't working or 
Uh, Burgle Bros 2 has the addition of finales, which um, after you crack the safe and complete your heist, you still have to get out. And so now there's these kind of wacky things that, you know, ways you have to escape that, that kind of make every game a little bit different. And uh, so I've had to help design some of those um, uh, throughout the process. And so, yeah, it's I think it's going to be quite a bit different, um, even though it did start from from a known foundation with Burgo Bros. One. Yeah. You know, you're saying that you designed a lot of those, uh, you know, part of the gear in the finales. What are uh, some specifics of things that you, you know, that it was your specific ideas of you just like, I worked on this. Uh, or, you know, <laughs> I, I came up with the idea of that. Uh, and, you know, how did how did some of those things come about? Well, um, I do have to say that in just the way development works, <laughs> a lot, some of my ideas uh, that did make it in for a version of the game uh, might not make it into the final version of the game. And that's uh, that's fine. I think that's that's, you know, that's <laughs> part of the reason why I do this cast is to have some of those things of just being like, yeah, you know, there was a version of this that we had this crazy thing in there. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's not what you're getting now, but it, it, there was that at a time. And that's just, that's kind of the stuff that fans of games and series kind of like to know of just being like, oh, wow, you know, the thing that I love could have been vastly different or wow, I really love this aspect. And that's where this comes from. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely, um, you know, something that just happens in game development for sure. Um, and I probably will say that perhaps the reason I noticed that a lot with with what I was helping design was because, you know, I wasn't there at the the beginning. And so I my ideas tended to be like push the envelope ideas. And, and I felt like that was kind of my, you know, my purpose and, and why you would want my input. Um, so... For example, let's see. Well, um, so I'll get to the finales because some of my ideas did kind of end up make it in there, um, you know, with with tweaks, of course, like anything in game development. But um, so for uh, I I designed an ability for the Rook, who's the he's kind of the leader of the Burgle Bros. He's the smooth talker, you know. He's the He's the Earthly. the face, um, <laughs> you know, the charismatic guy. Yeah. So I thought, okay, so I made this gear that was called Lounge Lizard, because um, you there's a uh, when you when you play Burgle Bros or Burger Bros Two, you're flipping over tiles, you're finding kind of which rooms you're walking into, and and you have to adjust as you as you go. So there's a couple tiles called uh, pool tiles or lounge tiles that have um, just a separate event deck. And they're really kind of hard to, to play around because you know not only did you not know that you were walking into the, the pool, but now you have to draw a card and see what crazy thing happens. So this gear let you take, um, take uh, the event card and instead you know, pause it and say, no, actually, I'm going to save this event for later. So you could stop the event from happening and then use it at a later time. And while it was cool, and while we all liked it, um, just playtesters had a really hard time catch, you know, getting, getting an idea for how it worked and, and finding good places to use it. 
Um, so in the end, it, it's probably not going to make it into the final version. But um, but uh, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of my ideas with the gear, for example, even if they didn't make it into the final product as is, you know, it might have sparked an idea for okay, that's maybe a little too crazy, but what if we did this? And um, so yeah, that's that's been uh, a lot of my experience. Um, with the finales, um, I did collaborate. I don't know if like it was solely my idea on a lot of these, but um, for example, there's there's a finale that involves kind of wild shifts in gravity, and you're kind of falling this way and that around the casino. Um, that was an idea I had. Um, I had another idea, and this is just kind of how a good example of how design works is. Um, I loved, uh, oh gosh, what is the name of that movie? It's like Magicians Pulling Off a Heist. Uh, now You See Me. Yes, thank you. Yep. So, and I think it was actually Now You See Me too. There's like this famous scene where they're like throwing around a, a playing card, like trying to hide it from the guards. Yes. Uh, is that is that correct? It's that is that is one hundred percent correct. That's in the second one, and they're <laughs> so, like hiding anyways, underneath their thought, shoes and things. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was so cool, and like, how can we try and capture that? Um, which, which is how we approach a lot of the design in in Burgo Bros. Too, you know, how can we capture this cool moment? Um, anyways, so I wanted to do that with like a. I thought you know maybe it's like a USB drive or some you know small piece of information you're hiding from the bouncers and. And created this like, uh, yeah, this to get out of the the casino. You you can't you can't move. You have to like throw this card to one another. And as long as you have the card, you can't move. And in the end, um, that ended up becoming uh, this diamond football instead, because it was just a lot easier to understand the like catching and throwing mechanics with the football. Um, and we want to do like straight lines and things like that, but but yeah. So a lot of my finale ideas, like they might they had to be adjusted in the end, but but right. I do feel like since that was one of the parts that wasn't as developed when I started, I gotta participate a lot. So well, it just seems really interesting because you know definitely I I've heard about the the diamond football finale and just that seems like something from just from the start of that it seems more. Uh, akin to the handoff scenes from uh, Avengers Endgame, where they they have the the gauntlet and they keep tossing it to each other uh -huh. and kind of like running with it, and so it's so interesting to see that that didn't start from you know that cool moment that you tried to emulate, but in fact a completely separate heist movie down the line that's just slowly <laughs> changed its way into that, and that's that's really neat. That's super cool. Um, is uh now uh, you can I, I tried to do some research on this and you can correct me if I'm wrong the that game is soon to be out correct Virgo Bros 2 yes um yes depending on your definition of soon uh <laughs> we are um we are finishing up uh production or like um getting all the files ready um cuz we just wanted to make sure uh, there weren't any missteps and and that the design was was really good um, and not just good enough. So yeah, I think 
as far I mean I am not the expert on on timelines and things like that <laughs> um, that's one of the things I want to I want to learn with this project since I'm new to board games but but yeah uh, as far as I understand um, we should be moving forward I think there's some updates in the Kickstarter and I think as far as the timelines like based on Tim's updates I think I think we're as far as I understand we're we're moving forward uh, on that timeline so that's exciting. Yeah, I, I was trying to look for a, a release date for people that you know didn't get to Kickstarted that it would be uh, available. And you know, I saw that the the Kickstarter was like in May 2020, and then I saw something else that was saying June of 2020. And of course, coronavirus happened, and I'm sure just put off you know yeah, the developing that... of it because you you can't get people inside of factories to make the stuff and like yeah, that slowed down the whole board game industry really. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I'm sure that that also will kill many of the conventions as well that a lot of people pick this stuff up at. Absolutely. And and Tim, I know it specifically does a lot with conventions, so it, it will be interesting to see see how that affects uh, Towers games. But as well, you know, just the whole industry is it's been wild um, <laughs> to, to see how much that that would affect board games. But it really does. I'm excited to see what the board game industry does uh, for their conventions. If anything, you know, kind of new ideas spark and come out of it. Uh, you know, maybe like more people have demos on tabletop and start trying to kind of be like, hey, you know, you can demo my board game on tabletop and then buy the real thing or something like that. Uh, I know like uh, PAX East is doing an entire, or not PAX East, uh, PAX Prime is doing an entire like online seven day extravaganza yeah uh and so i i i you know from, from the same people of doing packs there you know i loved it packs unplugged i feel like it's great it's the couple of times that i've bumped into and met uh Fowers himself uh great dude and i hope that you know that we give the same support to the board game community that we give the video game community um because you know those conventions are always hard to find and then when you find them they're super great <laughs> and yeah. i want them to still be there <laughs> yeah, and I, and I'm sure they'll come back. I think I do think maybe there'll be some changes. Um, you're you're spot on about tabletop simulator has already become you know taken a much bigger role from what I can tell in in game design and and you know that's a good thing. Um, it and it, it I think it could be really good for new designers actually who who don't have those established playtesting groups. Um, that that can be really hard. That can be really um, a big barrier uh, to to getting your game in a playable state. Because playing it just with yourself or just with friends, it it just doesn't work. You really need a playtesting group, and and Tabletop Simulator kind of opens that up. So it doesn't have to just be you know you finding people to play in your area. You can you know have friends play it from across the country you can find other people um, who are interested in, in playtesting it um, people are building playtesting groups just through tabletop simulator so i i think a lot of those changes will actually stick post post uh coronavirus if, if we ever get there uh and i think i think i think we'll see some slight changes but like you i i hope we don't you know say goodbye to conventions forever because <laughs> they're they're a lot of fun they are. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about you and the, the projects that you're working on? You know, any updates from the, the projects that you're working on? 
Uh, yeah, so Alkinar, um, the website, I will admit, is a little outdated. That's one of the first things on our list right now to, to fix. Um, but you can check out um, Alkinar's progress on alkinar.com. That's A-L-K-A-N-A-U-R. Um, it's also should be the only thing that pops up with Google, which is part of why we chose the name, uh, if you just search for Alkinar. Um, for Burgle Bros 2, um, uh, definitely, especially for timeline things, I would just check out the Kickstarter page. So just search for the Burgle Bros 2 Kickstarter to, and, you know, check out the, the updates and the, the comments to make sure, you know, when, when stuff will, will start shipping. Um, and then, yeah, um, I am working on other projects. I do have, you know, a game being looked at by a publisher, but that's still really early. Um, so if you just want to know about some of the stuff I work on, um, you can check out my Twitter. Uh, it's at Rob the Sky, R-O-B-S-K-Y, uh, uh, underscore games. Um, so, yeah. And, and I also do a podcast and just just follow a lot of video game design and board game design stuff. So, so yeah. Yeah. J jumping through your, your Twitter feed is always fascinating of just all of the people that you tweet and retweet and just, it is a plethora of knowledge of just kind of the developing side of games. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been pretty immersed for a while um, in, in design and so. Yeah, uh, and uh, you can find me over at Owen Patterline and uh, Facebook.com slash WeAreTheHorizonCommunity, as well as our website, WeAreTheHorizon.com. Sky, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll have to have you back uh, if your game does get picked up to be published. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Cool. Thank you. Catch you next time. That is... This podcast was produced by Owen Patterline and edited by me, Aaron Juno. Special thanks this week to Sky Larson of Rob the Sky Games, the two-man studio working on a turn-based tactical RPG called Alkanar, along with some insight into his development work with Tim Fowers on Burble Bros. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on, one for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder Again, campaign. Again, thanks so much for joining on. us. So make sure you we'll check those you out as well. Time.